Hey, Flocker fans, we're hey, back. Hey, Flocker fans. I'm getting right back into it. Yeah. Is it, is it as if it was only yesterday we were uh, doing one? Oh, it doesn't seem like five minutes. It doesn't seem like five minutes at all, does it? No. We've had lots of uh, lots of feedback, haven't we? Lots of people messaging us. Yes. And it's a bit worrying. Because they're messaging as if we know as us, as if we know what's going on, what's happened and what we should do. Or what people should do. Well, people new to the job. Yeah. Do you think we're uh, in a position to give advice? Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. To we'll a degree. Go. To a degree. We've had a couple of questions, haven't we? We've yeah. had, uh, is it Hotel Lima, Echo? Hotel Lima. Hotel Lima. Uh, and what's Hotel Lima asked? Hotel Lima seems to be having a bit of a confidence blip at the moment. Okay, not uncommon. Uh, well, I say at the moment, sadly, Hotel Lima messaged in um, a few weeks ago, but we've just not got round to answering everybody's questions. So apologies for that. Hotel Lima, we are... Uh, On your behalf. Sorry. Yeah, apologies. Um, so it's about being, you know, fairly new in the job, independent patrol, Yep. Uh, everything's going swimmingly, getting on really well with your shift, and then all of a sudden you, you start doubting yourself. feel that, hang on a minute, what am I doing here? What have, do I know what I'm doing? Yeah, am I an imposter? Yeah, because I'm wearing this uniform, yeah. everybody in, in the whole world, yeah. public-wise, yeah. seems to think I know what I'm doing. Well, apart from BLM. <laughs> apart from BLM. <laughs> you can't, say you, that can't res- you can't resist it, can no, you? No, I can't. Bloody idiots. These contentious issues. Um, well, I think that's quite a common thing. I felt yeah. it myself, you know, yeah. when I was uh, young in service. I agree. There was a couple of times when I was old in service, I felt it a couple of times as well. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I'm, I can often remember going to jobs and thinking, mm, I've not come across this before. No. I developed a phrase for that. So someone would ask me something, and I would, I'd, my, in, inside me, I'd have this reaction, I haven't got a bloody clue. And then I'd respond, there's many answers to that. Many answers. Uh, what I'd like to do is go away, have a think about it, and come back and let you know what I think would be the best approach. Because there's so many ways of tackling this. Mm. I'd like to come back to you if I may. I'd go back on, search PNLD, bloody find out. Christ, it is an offence. Uh, right, yeah, da, 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 da. And then you go back, and then you all sound as if you almost know what you're doing. Yeah. So there's that way of tackling it. It's, I think it's important to realise that you cannot be an authority on everything that comes into the police. No, that's why we have specialist departments. It is. Who bat it straight back to you at the first opportunity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you'll ring them up. Child abuse. Uh, the, spe- no. the specialist department that's guaranteed to take the job because it's blindingly obvious their job. And what's the first thing they'll do? Leave it with you. Yeah. No. Uh, that, sorry, that doesn't quite fit our reading. Yeah, no, no. That child hasn't been penetrated deeply enough. And they're, 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 they're four and a half. We only deal with four and three months. Oh, dear. Yeah, Christy, that game of ping pong that would often be played between bloody response and uh, CID and... Then there'd be crosswords with gaffers, oh, wouldn't there? God, and yeah, yeah. But look, Hotel Lima, you, you, you're no different to anybody else. It happens to us all. And what you have to remember is that everybody's been in your shoes. Everybody's been at the beginning. Everybody started, everybody got tutored, nobody came in. An expert. An expert. Well, well apart from dog handlers. Direct entry. Inspe- <laughs> direct entry inspectors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the experts on the The yeah, expert on lanyard yeah. wearing. Yeah, in fact, if you get stuck, Hotel Lima, just go and ask a direct entry uh, inspector or superintendent. Yeah, no, don't bother. Maybe not. Mm. The politically driven. But I think nowadays, actually, I, I found, when I knew bugger all, when I first started, I found that generally... 
uh, well, almost exclusive. The shift was very supportive in in giving me the knowledge. The only trouble was I was blessed with a really crap memory. So consequently, um, I've tell noticed, me something. I've the never thing, noticed that. I mean, I can't remember. What was your name? Um, so the problem was there's a sort of like the police tend to say things like, "Well, I'll, I'll tell you once," you know, and. Uh, and sign here. Yeah, my, to know that you, yeah. To know that you, my reaction to that was always to inwardly think, well, fucking, I'm going to need to be told half a dozen times before this eventually sinks in. Because I was partially senile when I joined. So uh, I started on the back foot. But If, I, if I'd have known that before we, we, you came to work here, I'd have... Well, I would not have worked here, would no, I? I'm joking, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't do it without you. Hey. But I remember walking out of the police station when uh, first going independent, um, before I could drive a vehicle anywhere and, you know, on Shanks's pony. And I'll be thinking, God, I hope people only ever come up and ask me for directions. All the time. All the time. Yeah. But <laughs> you eventually get into it, and then you you will find that, uh, HL, that, that that confidence will come, you know, and you will have times when you go through anxiety. And what I would recommend is if you are going through a particular phase of that and, and it's troubling you, share it. Share it with your supervisor. That's what they're there for. They're not just there to bollock you because you're not keeping up with your work and stopping you dark-holing stuff and getting on with investigations or getting rid of the shit jobs they are there to help you in times like this so share it with them don't keep it in share it with your supervisors and they'll help you through it uh, yeah i agree i mean i had a really good uh, supervisor when i started i'm sure i've mentioned it before and um, we had his you know mobile telephone number because we didn't tell airwaves back then it was uh, you know uhf um, radios yeah, and so you could have talk through, and you tied up the entire airwaves, and everybody yeah. listened to how yeah. incompetent you sounded on the radio. And a lot of the time, you'd never want to risk any signal dropping out or anything like that. And so you'd, you'd so when it came yeah. to something particularly bad, or, you'd ring them on the mobile, yeah. wouldn't you? Com- slightly complex or uh, yeah. Sorry, off, you got off this. Yeah. I haven't got a clue. Yeah. What do I do? But I had a couple of good, couple of good tips. Was you know, uh, one was what you just said. You know, you know speak to your shift about it. We, we've all been in in, in your shoes where. You feel out of your depth. Yeah, I bet you were when you started with firearms, weren't you? Oh, God. Didn't have a clue. Didn't have a clue. Just aimlessly running across open uh, ground, yeah. hoping to look professional. Just remember, that that's the loud end. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be pointing yeah. away from you. Oh, what's that, yeah. What's that noise? Um, and, and the other one is, when you go to a job, if you think there is something wrong, in, invariably, There's something wrong. there'll be something wrong. Even if you can't put your finger on it, you will know, you get this instinct, and you will know that something's not quite right. Yeah. Well, do you know what? You can nick them for something that you think it is. And if, it's, if you find out throughout your investigation that it's actually not that offence, but you suspected it to be that offence in the, in the beginning, yeah. you don't have to charge them with that offence. Yeah. You know? And it's not you that's going to be paying the compensation if it goes horribly wrong. Exactly. So if you nick them for theft and it turns out that it's handling... Or vice versa. Yeah, nobody's going to care. It doesn't really matter, does it? It'll all come out of the wash, because they're going to get nothing for it anyway. And remember, your grounds for suspicion are so low. I was surprised about that. When I first started, I thought that um, basically the courts were looking for the person climbing out of the window with a bloody knife shouting, I'm glad I murdered the bastard. That sort of level Mm. of suspicion. Belief. Well, yeah, bordering on that. Suspect. Yeah, well, I hadn't seen the body at that point. 
So, um, but no, it is remarkably low, isn't it? When you talk to the experienced oh, officers yeah. who will nick anybody for anything, yeah. the actual level... But it is a little bit different now, though, isn't it? When you're in what? front of a fierce custody sergeant who's absolutely determined to keep the cells empty, empty. Yeah, it, it just... can be a tricky process now. Back in the day, we could drag in all sorts of people without even remembering to arrest them, and we'd still get past the custody sergeant. Yeah, or even take somebody in and say to the custody sergeant, Any I idea? don't know what, <laughs> what I'm looking for, but this is what's happened. Yeah. And the custody sergeant would look at you and go, hmm... How about this? Yeah, that sounds about. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, great, yeah, great, yeah, great right. idea. Bring up then. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they, then, then we. I do remember that time things. nicking the bloke and getting to the custody. He's like, right, yeah. why have you arrested this man? And the bloke turned around and go, well, he hasn't arrested me yet. <laughs> <laughs> I did feel an idiot. No, I did. I, I'm sure I said it to him. Yeah, yeah, of course I did. Yeah, let the courts let, let the court sort that one yeah. out. But yeah, I mean, the, the level of suspicion is so low, and the fact that you think that some they've done something wrong, then invariably they will have. But just going back to your. Uh, the one about you know when I first walked out into the street in my uniform, yeah. and I hope they only asked me for the time or, yeah. or directions. My favourite story about the uh, directions one is there's a cop in Nottingham, and he's uh, he's on his fixed point in the uh, in the in the square, and he got fed up with people asking him for directions, so his answer became he used to point to his helmet, yeah, his custodial helmet, and he used to say, "See that badge on the front of my helmet." And people would look up at the helmet and they go, yeah. And they go, that says E to R, not A to Z. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Oh, we've been interrupted again. I don't know. Mind you, it's good for business. It's it is good for business. The phone never rings. Yeah. I found another thing as well. Is that you... I've seen myself. Yeah, nobody notices. You can turn up at a job, can't you, when you first start. And there seems a compulsion to do something there and then. Yeah. Okay, in a public order situation, probably there is. Just taking control, beating people back. Um, Just like they have been in yeah, London yeah, with BLM. Yeah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so that sort of situation, yeah, you do need to say take some sort of immediate action. But a lot of the jobs you go to as a response officer or as a beat officer, they don't really necessarily require immediate action which puts you under pressure to make those decisions about what am I going to do straight away. A lot of the scenarios is people having a load of hassle over bloody months or years, eventually leading up to something. And you're not going to immediately solve all their ills by turning up and 10 seconds later come up with some sort of response. So don't put yourself under too much pressure to immediately try and solve all issues, because it's not necessarily going to happen. I think as long as you're prepared to gather plenty of information, make sure the warring parties are separated, and then go back, have a think about it, and then address it. Don't put yourself under too much pressure. Well, of course, yeah. You're not an expert on everything. No, no, but, you know, there's a there's a pressure now not to arrest, isn't there? Well, yeah. I, know, I, found, been... that, I found that harder, not arresting folk. Yeah. Because it's what you're used to, isn't it? Yeah, you just, you'll normally jump out of the car, grab hold of someone, chuck them in the back, and then decide what you're going to do with them. Mm. Or if you went to a, uh, a public order, <laughs> a public order situation with my first sergeant, he would tend to be at the front throwing people at you, yeah. uh, arrest him. Yeah, what, making uh, it worse. What for? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. That was always confusing. Yeah, yeah nick him. Uh, okay. What for, sergeant? Any idea what for? We'll worry about that later. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a confusing game. Yeah, so, you know, don't feel under pressure that you need to make that decision, like you said, right there and then, because you don't. It's only, there's only, you know, certain circumstances where you need to do that. And, yeah. you know, the, 
I mean, firearms cops, take that for instance, isn't it? You'll well, they never arrest anybody, there. You'll fart around for hours. Oh, yeah. Won't you, before actually taking the shot? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. obviously. Like, like a sniper. You're still jealous of that sniper, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> that earthy smelly head of yeah, that. That's that's it, yeah. Man in yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, who else has been in contact with us? Oh, was it Sierra Tango? Sierra Tango? What were, they, uh, what were they after? Well, uh, so they were uh, quite interested in the firearms element and love the ah, sniper one. They've been looking ooh. for all the firearms type yeah. episodes that we've had. We should get some more firearm cops on, shouldn't we? We had a, we had a pretend firearms cop on once, didn't we? He worked for the uh, nuclear constabulary. A pretend? That, oh, well, that's not very nice. <laughs> if you're listening, he probably fired more rounds yeah. than you did. I doubt it. Anyway, I'm only joking. He knows I'm only joking. Armed security guards. Um, so what is the crack then? How quickly can you get... Because I think one of the questions was, can I, after my uh, first two years, can I mm. just crack on and uh, become a firearms cop? What do you reckon? My honest answer to that is, uh, I wouldn't want to see it. Oh. No. Uh, because I feel a lot of cops think, or a lot of people, not just cops, but a lot of people think that when you go on firearms, you become this like elite, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, that's what the firearms people mm. think. No, the yeah. rest of us think, yes, no. And now that you've got this, you know, additional um, tactical options of, you know, firearms, conven you know, conventional firearms and lethal force, that you don't have the ability to be a, a, a cop and think like a, a regular unarmed cop. Mm. So, to me, it's all about being a good cop. Because the last thing you want to be doing as, as a firearms cop, bizarrely enough, is pulling the trigger. So you need to have all of those skills that are the basis of, the, you know, the foundations of a good cop, the street craft, le learning how to speak to people, deal with people, understand people, watch how... But you do, you do lose a lot of those skills, though, don't you, when you become a firearms cop? I don't think you so. You can't take statements, you forget how to do that. <laughs> Anything that involves, like, work, mm. you, you just drive off, don't you? I'll leave it with you. I've got a sudden, I've got a really urgent job to go to. Yeah, well, <laughs> the, the, there is actually some truth in that, and I, I accept that. Um, and that, was, that, hasn't, that wasn't rooted out, was it, quickly enough? Well... That, that I'm special routine. I'm not, I'm not going to mention which force it is, but I, I'm, I'm in touch with somebody who does, who's um, involved in the firearms arena. They're not a cop. They're ex-army. Um, ex yeah. And... They worked in a specialist area within the army, and I'm in regular contact with them. A really nice chap, and he does some work for um, a couple of companies that are involved with the police to do with firearms. And he was telling me about a. So I'm not going to mention where in the country this happened, but it was a counter-terrorism job, where a landlord of a property has gone to. He's, he's contacted the tenants and basically said, "I need to come and do uh, some inspection or whatever." And he visits the property. The property is unoccupied at the time the tenants are out. He goes in, he's got a key, he's told them, given plenty of notice he's going to go around, and he goes in, and inside the property, uh, on the, I think it was the, the table in the living room, was an IED bomb. Ooh. And he goes, into, he goes into the kitchen, and then there's more uh, paraphernalia and articles uh, for making explosive devices, wow. uh, lots of knives and all kind of paraphernalia lying around. So he goes outside, calls the police, the police turn up, do a raid, uh, arrest the occupants of the property, uh, EOD come, sort all the uh, uh, articles out. Who, who comes from? EOD, Explosive Ordnance 
disposal team. Oh, bomb, right, bomb disposal. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah. And um, then the techie guys, you know, see, sees the laptops and all that. Some of the some of the material these uh, terrorists have been downloading was how to uh, or where to stab uh, police officers that are wearing uh, upgraded body armor. So wow. your knife attack is successful. How to operate a G thirty six effectively. How to remove a um, G thirty six being the, the, the G thirty six being the carbine, yeah. the most commonly used carbine in the yeah. UK that ARV cops use, and also how to uh, remove a pistol. Uh, from its holster that's being worn by somebody else. Wow, my God. So, How do you do that? I'm not telling you. Oh. Um, so, you can understand, perhaps, from one perspective, why the ARV cops in this particular area that I'm talking about are reluctant to go to any jobs other than firearms jobs. Yeah. yeah. How do you know that it's not a front... To attack a so you know clearly you know looking at that from an investigative point of view, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to work out that these yeah. terrorists were there to target to, a, to target a firearms yeah. cop to to a attack the firearms cops, b take the weapons, possibly the car, yeah. and then also uh, plant an incendiary device in the vehicle yeah. and get it in somewhere and use the use the police weapons it on. It's frightening, the isn't it? Well, did, that didn't seem to hit the news, did it? No. So. You can understand sometimes why people go, well, firearms cops don't go to anything. But if you know that, then you know, you've just got to think, well, actually, would you go to something if you knew that that was a threat? And what's the point of being a firearms cop hmm. if you can't go to anything other than firearms jobs? But, you, but then from an organisational point of view, you've got to think, well, that's a, that's a real present threat. Yeah. How do we manage it's a complex that? World, it's, 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 how do we manage that threat? What do we do? How do we deploy the resources effectively, knowing that there is a potential threat? I think one of the things about experience is that it, it, it's, it's difficult to rush it. And I think that when you have got a few years under your belt, you will look back and think, I'm glad I had that experience prior to joining a specialist mm. section. They're very attractive joining these specialist teams. Um, and I would recommend, yeah, looking to do that, but do get plenty of experience under your belt before. Because it, you, you just can't beat it. Interaction with people in any given scenario, the thousands of jobs that you will go to over the years, does equip you well in your decision-making process, your judgments, the way that you deal with people, how relaxed you are in given sit and situations, when you know when you haven't got that experience, it is very easy to feel that you are equipped, having done your training. I am equipped to deal with that, but for me, I think it would be better to to, to give it a few years before I, you but, do. Yeah, I mean, I think you want four or five years yeah. at least before you consider it. Both for yourself. And yeah. for the other members of your team, Absolutely. who will feel more confident with you with mm. a few more miles under the belt than necessarily if you're yeah. if you're brand new off the streets. Yeah, uh, you, because you've got to have that. You've got to have that street craft, that that good Bobby in street craft about you. In my personal opinion, to understand and deal with situations that are fairly high risk in terms of being there. Alone, being able to use that hole in the front of your face yeah. more than you can use your fists or your firearm, that because that's going to 
that 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 thing is going to save you, and and get you on in your career more than anything else. I think when when in terms of policing, and you will regularly see new jobs coming in whereby you will go away from them thinking, I could never believe people would behave in that manner. Mm. Yeah. I think throughout my service, I'd still be surprised at how incredible, you know, the, the behaviour would be of yeah. some people in reaction to certain circumstances. Yeah. So I think the more that you can get of those situations, I think it does better equip you with your, as I said, decision-making process and the way that you deal with things yeah. in, a, in a calm and collective manner. Um, Absolutely, I agree with that. So, uh, Sheriff Tango, I hope that's answered your question. I do think you should have a fair bit of experience. Yeah, yeah. but... Once you've got a few miles under your belt, yeah. go for it, and because it would be fantastic. Yeah, and it's good to have aspirations and, and know which, which direction you want to go. And don't get me wrong, you know, for all the joking and, you know, um, piss-taking about violence, it's a fantastic arena. We never place. take the piss. It's a fantastic arena to work in. It really is. It's good. It is good. And it's, it's easy. And it's easy. That's everything. No. <laughs> well, go to it's the gym. money for old rope. Go to the gym, gel your hair. Yeah, all the gel costs you a lot of money in gel. Yeah, yeah. Get all that breathing. You have to get the bigger tattoos, mirrors, don't you? Tattoos. Yeah, you got to get the tats. Yeah. You can get on there, no problem. And that's just for females. <laughs> but yeah, great place uh, to work. Mm. Uh, we've, had a, uh, we've had a poem sent in. Oh, yeah, haven't we? Yeah. Do you know who sent it in? Who sent it in? Um, yeah, I, I can't. Actually, it's. Can you I say? can't remember the name because it's on, oh, on, is it? oh. on the device that All we're right. using to record. Mr. Schmidt. Hmm. Shall I read it out? Yeah, do it. I haven't read it before, so I'll go through it. I'll probably stumble a bit. Pend it himself. Did he? Yeah. It's quite good, actually. I'm just a lonely bobby, walking a lonely beat. People say I'm useless, sucking the social teat. That's quite good, isn't it? Some days I'm on response, other days I'm on guard. Some days I see the bodies. Oh, how my brain is scarred. The people, they hate me for doing what I do best. There are some who support us, but we're hated by the rest. We have an ASP, some CS gas. It's not a gas, mate. It's not a gas. It's a spray. But hey, a vest to protect our skin. Oh yeah, I suppose it didn't rhyme. Uh, But all that does not prevent the harm deep down within. For I'm just a lonely bobby, working in a place where crows fly and people die and bobbies lose their, lose the race. People spit, people hit, people harm our skin, but little sentence handed down, betrayed by those voted in. Oh, I like that. Mm. Yeah, I like that. And if a bobby takes the shot and takes down the mortal foe, he's hated by the people, not the normal ones, mate, don't worry, not the way to treat a hero. Come to think think of it, I do remember a time that I recall when there was little hate thrown at us when policing wasn't a brick wall. Every time I put on my belt and my strap-on, eh? Oh, and strap on my stabbed vest. (laughs) I think not of the ones I saved, but how I could not save the rest. The line we stand on is thin enough yet our ranks slowly deplete. Those who wear the thin blue line are those who support the police. For you, see, I'm just a lonely bobby, sitting in a policeman's seat, wearing a policeman's uniform. My bobby's heart won't beat. Oh, I quite like that. 
That's great, that. It's brilliant. Yeah. I quite like that. It's not yeah, sad, it's just the effort. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, please do send in your poems about oh, your lot. Like Radio 4. Yeah. Send in your poems. Yeah, on a postcard. <laughs> Uh, yeah, send him in to um, oh, either on however he sent it in to you. What was that on? Fa- on Facebook. Yeah, or you can send it to uh, Fluckerleaks. Spells as it sounds, Fluckerleaks at gmail.com. Hmm. We'd be uh, pleased to hear from you. Yeah, good. Right. What else? Oh, it's, it's ever so difficult doing this without beer. Hmm, which isn't it? Isn't it? We should contact the Scottish guy, get him to send us some beer. Then. Yeah, good old Callum. Yeah. Good lad. He's not, joining up. Um, is he new in? Oh, no, I'll tell you what. Just go, let's just go oh, back right. to the uh, firearms thing. Oh. I was asked a question um, a few months ago, and it was about a... It was about a lad who used to be in the army and is now in the uh, nuclear constabulary. Yeah. Or civil... Civil nuclear... Yeah, yeah whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah, this week. Yeah. <laughs> so he straight in, straight onto firearms. He got less than two years in. And one of the forces, I can't remember which one it was, was looking for direct entry firearms cops. And they even uh, altered the criteria because the, nu- the nuclear constabulary is not classed as a home office force. Yep. And they even um, altered the criteria where they were taken from a non home office force into a home office force. And they asked me about going in. And I said, well, my personal view was no. If I was if I was in charge, I wouldn't want you direct entry straight onto an armed response unit. One, if you've got less than two years in, two, what have you dealt with? Realistically, what have you actually dealt with as a cop from a nuclear power station? Uh, uh, nothing. Uh, no, exactly. Uh, and but then the you're going to go straight in. The training the same. Is and the you're going to go straight in as a firearms cop into a home office proof force where you're going to be going to domestics, street robberies. You know, maybe cash in transits, uh, moped crime, uh, knife, yeah, knife, yeah. machetes. It's going to be a bit of a shock, isn't it? You know, so the counterterrorism stuff and all that, and building, you know, the building searches, and yeah, it's going to be okay. But you've not dealt with any policing issues, any any incidents. Mm. I just I just felt it was wrong that they that they would, con- they would consider taking these cops in. Well, a lot of the process now is getting dumbed down, isn't it? Well, Umberto sent us something the other day. Not his real name? No, obviously. No, not the actual Umberto, the courier. Oh, yeah. No, our, our mate, <laughs> who's still in the job. He sent us that article. Was it just not police? They're allowing sergeants and inspectors, for sergeants and inspectors' exams, to take in notes to the exams. <laughs> Next, they'll be saying you can bring a friend. Or a laptop. Yeah, you can bring a chief inspector who knows what they're doing and they can answer the questions for you. Yeah, or take your bloody mobile phone in. Yeah, with with direct with, with a app for PNLD. Yeah. Alberto oh. still didn't want to do it. <laughs> You're like guaranteed to get it, aren't you? You're guaranteed to pass. Well, maybe he's not. Oh, no, yeah, he'd still struggle a bit, wouldn't he? Yeah. He's a bit typecast. He is. Bless him. Rock Bless solid him. what he's doing. God Brilliant. knows what would happen if he got promoted. Carnage. Oh, no, no. No, he'd tell people what he'd think. It would, be, it would end badly. Mm. He wouldn't be able to wear a rainbow lanyard, go down on one knee and not arrest people. He wouldn't be... Uh, he wouldn't be able to sell his soul. I don't, I don't think he would be uh, making, making it into the top corridor. No. Right. Oh, no. talking of which, that, what a phrase I heard the other day. I was talking to a, uh, to, talking to a cop who hired a van off of us. Uh, I know him very well. 
and we were talking about promotion and uh, how some people get promoted on merit and some people get promoted through other things. Yeah, he wasn't terribly complimentary, was he? Not about certain ranks. promotions and ranks. And um, he described some, some of these people as expert corridor walkers. Yeah. Loved it. And you can see them, don't you? You see them. Yeah, corridor walker. Yeah. They've perfected the art. Of walking a corridor yeah, where corridor. it matters. Mm. Talking to the people that uh, can yeah. feather their nest. Mm. Brilliant. Oh, well, I loved yeah. it. So Very far same. removed from yeah. bloody policing on the streets. Mm. Shame, really. So, let's talk about... I know we, we, we had a bit of a rant and whatever on the previous uh, episode, but let's talk about what's happening today, what's happened in the last week in terms of the protests again in, in London. So, we saw the, uh, the BLM movement. And again, we're not typecasting the BLM, but a lot of people... Well, I'm sure it was the minority... Um, turned up you know, clearly intent on disrupting peaceful protests you know offensive placards and signs vandalising statues and uh, buildings you know spray paint tearing down statues all that, all, all that kind of stuff what saddened me and and infuriated me what incensed me to the point of where I was you were I was very angry you were becoming very angry yeah was seeing police officers that were, A, looking like they were on level 3 PSU, yeah. but where level 1 should be stood. <laughs> yeah. So they weren't dressed in the right equipment, they were being attacked, they were vastly outnumbered, and they were running yeah. away from... Oh, that was terrible. What was happening? Because of the fear of getting hands on and getting involved, because of how it would look. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And I just... I thought, what message is that sending out to the people of this country, to other police officers? Yeah, how safe does that make you, general public, feel? And what was it sending out to the rest of the world? What do you think? Yeah, well, it's just a national embarrassment, isn't it? Total breakdown of law and order to pander to the violent, bloody uprising of some damned idiots who are using this as a political tool to further their bloody ends. You know, genuine protest... This is, you know, we have the ability in this country to peacefully protest and protest vocally about the issues that face us. All right. So let's make no mistake. We have that. We have that privilege of being able to do that. Wasn't that privilege preserved by the people that fought in the wars before us, where statues were erected and memorials were erected in their memory? They fought to fight off the fascist Nazis. Yeah. And preserved, you know, the very fabric of what makes our country great. Yeah, and, 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 you know, some of these people will be flawed. Some of these people may make decisions at the time which they thought to be right, which subsequently, it's a bit like being involved in, in, in some sort of incident, you know, with the police getting investigated for five years and then somebody sat in a nice, cool, calm, collected courtroom will decide that something you did five years ago in the heat of the moment facing mortal danger was a little bit over the top. You know, it's all very well, isn't it? We can all pick apart the past and see how things could be done differently. Edward Colston. Yeah. So, I'm a little bit dismayed about the breakdown of law and order. I'm particularly worried that this is all going to be used by the far right to further their ends. And I think this movement <coughs> over that criminal, Floyd, uh, and I'm not going to repeat about how he met his tragic end because I'm not going to pander to those who constantly need to be reassured that people realise it's a blindingly bloody obviously a bad thing. But I you know, it's it's a situation that 
has blown out of all proportion and has done nothing but cr to create a greater racial divide and something which may last for a very long time. And I think that's, that's a massive shame. It's an opportunity lost. And I think that uh, a lot of the black community will alienate people that up until this point have sympathised with your plight uh, and, and wanted to, you know, make things better. But I think by a lot of the actions of a lot of people, um, is it was it the leader of BLM was saying something in relation to violence towards the police? No, well, I think on their website it says something like the abolition of the police service. Yeah, um, something to do with democracy. It was just yeah, blatant. Yeah, just blatantly yeah. wrong. It's, how, how does that contribute to harmonisation of communities? It doesn't. It doesn't. And it, it makes you wonder, isn't it? It makes you wonder if the true motive in this is to create a greater racial divide, to cherry pick the best bits of society, use them for your own means, and then alienate yourself from the rest of it. I, I, there is something about the way this is handled that makes me deeply suspicious of the motives. Mm. Something's not right. It's a bit like you and COVID. Something yeah, again, not right. Yeah. Just something not quite right. And I'm still, I'm still on that, on that wagon. You where are, something's aren't you? not right. You, you, I'm you telling need you. to let that go. No, I can't. I'm not. I'm not the big conspiracy theorist, but something isn't right about it, and I can't put my finger on what it is. I'm still angry about the Chinese. Well, let's leave the Chinese out of it for a minute. Oh, let's well. just concentrate I'm on. Bring them back later. I'll tell you what, so what's happening today in London is we've got the, uh, you've got the BLM uh, protests going ahead. And you've got this week a sense of national pride that seems to be erupting from, you know. Sorry. See, we said it three. Our biggest problem with these podcasts, isn't it? Getting so we get interrupted, and then we always completely forget. What point we've gone up to. And then we fail to write it down. Yeah, you know, and we always we... promise that we're going to write it down so next time when we come back on we can remember. What anyway, are we talking about? I think Big I was roles, saying there was a, an enormous swelling of national pride being experienced in the UK of people, you know... Well, in a good way. Yeah, outraged at the behaviour of um, certain sections of the community that were damaging and defacing statues... Uh, war memorials, yeah. monuments, um, you know, that, that are part of our national heritage. Now, let's face it, a lot of the, um, a lot of the people with an interest in this subject matter have been at pains to distance themselves from that use of violence and by the criminal damage. So we can quite happily say that those bloody idiots don't represent the majority of the protesters, do they? Yeah. Or do you think that the protesters have a... Secretly they like. Well, they do, obviously. Uh, but do they, do they also have an obligation to stop people behaving in that manner? So well, say, for if you were in a rugby crowd, wouldn't you? Like, I always like to think of rugby crowds. Big crowds of people, partisan, cheering on their side, and yet they can stand right next door to the people from the opposing team. And I think if somebody held up a placard in a rugby match or something like that saying, fuck the police, or shoot the police, the well, crowd would urge them strongly to remove themselves from that area because it didn't represent their views. Yes. And yet... That bloke can hold up his bloody placard all day long and nobody seemed to challenge him. No. Or distance themselves from that behaviour. So I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced by the argument that this isn't condoned. I think it's 
quietly encouraged. It's like those fucking, like those idiots, isn't it? That were uh, the film of Football the. Fans. Well, yeah, them as well. Um, but the idiots that were beating up those police officers uh, on the street. Oh, don't get me started on you that. Know, and then you've got idiot number one with a baseball bat, idiot number two filming it and doing a little jig. You know, how the low-life pieces of shit that were doing that. Uh, yeah. How, how is it we've gone from supporting democracy, uh, adhering to law and order, to filming cops being assaulted, when surely you should be involved and... Help the police. Well, haven't the police been facilitating your peaceful protest? Haven't the police been turning a blind eye to your non-peaceful protest? Mm. Anyway, let's talk about this swarm of people. Very difficult to talk about this without getting Well, it is. It is because it's quite an emotive topic, isn't it? It is. This swarm of people. Um, They've set up Facebook groups, haven't they? One is called the Cenotaph and other uh, war memorials. And and it's largely, not all, but largely... um, Subscribed to by uh, veterans, right? Yeah, and they've got people with a bit of national pride. Yeah, and they've got together and created some groups, and got a little bit organised and from themselves. all races. Yeah, this is not about race. That's right. This is about national pride. Yeah, this is about protecting Our monuments, and statues, and uh, stuff that. It's created the very fabric around what our nation is currently built on. This is my view, and they they've organised themselves. And they are going off to different areas of the country to stand around. Ah, uh, yeah. And this protect. is this is the people that Sadiq Khan ah, well wants that... to protect the BLM right which, which, from. Perfect. Right. So, so the, my point was gonna, I was going to talk about Sadiq Khan. So, last week, Sadiq Bloody Khan, the mayor of London, Sadiq can't. Yeah, Sadiq can't. Yeah. Did you come out and condone the mass gathering? Of people during a lockdown, a pandemic lockdown. No, you didn't. No, I wonder why. I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why, yeah. Sadiq. Have you, have you said anything about the, the statues and protecting the national heritage of this country? No. Didn't he? What, you have, what you've actually said is, yeah, we'll look at, we'll review all statues within uh, London. Yeah, hang on idiot. a minute. Right, and today, Sadiq, you're sweeping generalised, generalist statement of to one section of protesters today that were coming down to protest on behalf of BLM let's call them a minority make sure you stick to the routes that were given to you to avoid his words and I quote him the far right the far right hang on a minute how fucking dare you well I didn't realise veterans were far right how fucking very dare you sorry for my language but you only get excited because you're a veteran I'm a veteran. <laughs> yeah. <anyway. laughs> well, you fought for your country, didn't you? I, In many bars you know, around the world. I felt almost compelled to go and stand in. London. Is that why you're wearing your Union Jack T-shirt and your police onesie? I'm wearing my. Uh, I'm wearing my blue lives. Oh no, my thin, thin blue line. We were we were laughing the other day because because uh, you know what you're like for jumping on the bandwagon. We were going to order up from China, weren't we? Loads of white T-shirts. Loads of red braces, loads of short jeans. From that tailor on who made Ma- all their masks. And Doc Martins. Honestly. I could see skinheads coming back. It's infuriated me. The fact that... And listen, I'm not saying for one minute that the, the protesters that have gone down to preserve our national heritage won't be infiltrated. And I'm not saying that 
all of the people that go and do that, that are in a opposition to BLM, will be innocent and won't cause any trouble. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not, you know, I'm not suggesting it's one... Yeah, the whole cause is not bad, is it? But, but it's too intertwined with violence and confrontation and conflict and division. That the whole approach does not be, doesn't seem to me to be looking to the future, healing wounds, developing relationships. It seems to be about division. Yeah, it's bringing about be, balance. It seems it? to be relishing division, confrontation, violence. Well, but it sparked something in me. Yeah, it has. It has. It stirred your loins, hasn't it? It has. It's, it sparked something in me. About how I feel about I my stop, national pride. I had to stop you going down, didn't I? Yeah, you did. To, to save that yeah. bloody statue of Jimmy Savile. I was all masked up. You were? Yeah, in my police onesie. <laughs> and my stab vest. And your braces. Yeah. Dug out my old cuffs and CS. Yeah, oh, I mean, no, 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 yeah. not this No, no, you no, gave no. them back. No, no. Yeah, yeah, I gave mine back as well. Mm. They're dead. Well, yeah. They're dead. Yours is empty when you give it yeah, back. Yeah, true. Well, that's true. Straight most of my colleagues with it. I just. But it has. It's. It stirred something up yeah, in me, has, and that, in an area of, in, in my emotions and my feelings that's never been touched before by witnessing this type of behaviour. Your missus says she's felt the benefit of all that. <laughs> <laughs> she says you've yeah, been like a lion. Funny, your Devushka said the same. Yeah, but hey, hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, it's, it, I, and I, a part of me wants, a part of me almost wants to see this see these you've started to see them as an enemy no i haven't but a part of me wants to see the veterans stand and yeah stand strong with their medals shoulder to shoulder in front of the monuments in front of the statues and not allow anybody will not be be moved yeah we will not be moved yeah you know and a part of me wants to see lines of veterans standing with their backs to the police yeah so that nobody can get to the police yeah yeah Hey, to why protect, did you start a Facebook to protect group to do with that? The police. Go and I tell you what, if when the protesters come down here, we will stand in front of the serving cops to protect you, to preserve you from the media. Where you see, yeah, you don't see the first five minutes of, of an individual taunting and throwing things at the police. What you yeah, see you is when see, the police strikes out with his back. You see the cherry picked bits yeah. that suit your argument. Yeah. And we're interrupted again. What I'd like to see is a line of Chelsea pensioners lined up, you know, in their scarlet mm. jackets and their hats. And maybe the Beefeaters. Yeah, Beefeaters, they didn't take any shit, the Beefeaters. And um, yeah, who was that bloke that sang on Britain's Got Talent, the Chelsea pensioner wearing his suit? He did that lovely songs about his ex-missus, what was his name? What about Captain Tom or Mick? Yes, that yeah. is what made this country great people like him yeah so yeah i'd love to see respected people like that taking a stand yeah for what you know for the for the for the good i'm very disappointed with the approach that's been taken in relation to this these protests i absolutely defend the right to protest to peaceful protest but this current situation has done nothing but divide. And I, I, I haven't experienced this kind of anger and hatred amongst people that I know uh, before. Yeah, I've I, not experienced I'm it before. Saying, my, my family is the same. Yeah. My family is, is 
is multicultural. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of experience. You know, we're middle class. And there's so much anger and frustration amongst them at the minute because we feel like we're all being accused of yeah. of, of being racist and oppressing yeah. black people. And, and the conversations I've had on uh, on the dreaded Facebook has, has all been along the themes of the sins of the white man against, you know, against my culture. And, and it's, it's almost as if I'm personally to blame for that. Yeah. I'm not. And th- I'm not. How much do I have to distance myself? And in fact, I'm sick of distancing myself from it or telling people I distance myself from it. Look, it was a terrible thing that happened to Floyd. I'm sick of all of that bloody posturing about having to prove my lack of racism. I don't have to bloody prove anything to you. I am what I am. Yeah. You know, take me for what I am and I will do the same for you regardless. And do, do you think... Sorry, go on. No, it's just that I'm, I'm sick of being a whipping boy. For you know, for racial hatred directed at me because of the colour of my skin, as if I'm some kind of offender, as if I've got some kind of connection to the sins of the past. Well, I bloody haven't. Do you think the black community would would be satisfied with us saying? I'm talking about the you know the black people that understand what happened to their ancestors, but understand it wasn't us, and understand that times have changed, and times are still changing, and more developed. We're not perfect, we're human beings, we get things wrong. But if we said, we're sorry, we feel guilty about the past, so we're doing these things, they don't want us to feel guilty, they don't want us to act on guilt, do they? That's not what they, the vast majority of them want. The vast majority of them wants us to get on with life and yeah. and create. And us all hum- reap the benefits yeah. of a system which allows us all to flourish. Absolutely. You know, it's just wrong. I'll tell you something else that's wrong as well. This pandemic, right, there's going to be more victims of the welfare and wealth side of the pandemic than there is that die from COVID mm. itself, right? I know, because I've got a little, I'm not a business guru or expert by any means, but, you know, the, uh, the economy shrunk by 20.4%. Yeah, that's quite a lot. That is massive, huge, right? When we come out of this lockdown, when the, we try and get the economy going again and things go back to the new normal, whatever that might be, do you know what? There are going to be a couple of million people out of work, yeah? yeah? Swathes of redundancies, you know, and uh, loads of businesses are not going to survive, yeah. regardless of what sector they're in, okay? I'll tell you what we ought to do. We ought to get together, all of us in this country, and fight for the common good of this country, which is getting it, getting it back on its feet. Yeah. Not trying to divide... Hands up, everybody's between... going to take part. <laughs> well, yeah. But, you know, naturally, some people won't take part, will they? Well, but that's, that's, to me... Whilst this is a problem, and it is a problem, and it's a problem I don't want to see, the bigger problem is going to be trying to get the country back on its feet. Yeah, and some people will help with that, and some won't. Doing what you're doing is not, is not helping our economy. It's not helping our country. Well, it's not it's helping, helping society. I don't think it's helping them. <sighs> oh, God, Although, I am so fucking angry. You are, aren't I? I've never I seen you this angry, you know. Haven't you? No. Well... Apparently, one of my previous firearms partners said I, I, the most angry he ever saw me was when I was in a pursuit and a, a cop, who I don't know, stung me. 
Stole my video. Oh, yeah, you were very video. angry then, were you? Yeah. I thought it was He's very still angry. still not daring speaking to you, is he, that chap? I was very angry. <laughs> yes, I don't talk to him just yet. No, but pretty good idea. Uh, no. Shall I, go and say, Paul, shall I go and say sorry to him? No, yeah, no I'd best, I leave. best left. Best left. Yeah. Taking that too, too so it's, it's going to be interesting, isn't it, to see where this all leads. Uh, it doesn't look good at this moment in time. I hope there's a change of tactics from those who feel a state of umbrage. I don't see the relevance in the UK. Um, precious little evidence of it, and the people that uh, I do see have reaped the benefit of uh, this culture and, and uh, the society mm -hmm. in which they're embracing, or not. And uh, another vehicle cometh back. And we're interrupting yet again. Do you think we're just missing the point? Do you think that we are... Do you think that we just don't understand the racial issues that are going on in this country at this moment in time? Do you think we're blind to it? Do you think... I, I don't know. I think the issue is, when they've said Black Lives Matter, that the... Uh, that a lot of the population within the UK are offended at it because it's it's singling out Black Lives Matter, and that's why you've got this. Well, all lives matter. What about Asian lives? What about you know um, white lives? It, because they've said, well, we're not saying the the Black Lives Matter movement that allegedly not saying that those lives don't matter, but right now it's about Black Lives Matter. And an and an analogy that was explained on some Facebook forum that Red was like, it's when you say, let's save, save the, uh, the Amazon rainforest. It doesn't mean we don't care about all the other forests and trees around the world, but the problem is at the minute, the Amazon rainforest has been depleted at a rate which is just you know, unsustainable. Mm. So I, I, get, I get that, mm -hmm. but I think it's the way and the manner in which they are forcing the Black Lives Matter issue over and above, which gives it the appearance that it makes that it seems they're more important than yeah, it's, it's not the British way to go about it in this manner, is it? I think it, it I think it grates mm. with the average citizen the manner in which this is being played out. If you go on the on our Facebook page, listeners, you see there's a uh, there's a there's a female recording. Some cops, it looks like they're walking out of Downing Street or something like that, armed cops, and she shouts at them, Black Lives Matter. And one of them sh says back to her, oh, No, all lives matter. And she goes, No, no, they don't. Black Lives Matter. Oh. And I think, how, how do you feel that way so strongly to be able to just say that Black Lives Matter? Yeah, but hang on a minute, and what's that got to do with that police officer? What's it got to do with well, that person, hey? It's why, just, why should they? Don that uniform and end up being shouted at in the street by some bloody idiot. Why? Mm. You know, what part of you thinks that's reasonable? Would they have shouted that at a black police officer? If it had been a black police officer that knelt on good old Floyd, the hero's neck, you know, it's just... I, I, I'm very disappointed with the way it's being approached. and I, I, I think it could be done a lot better. I think could be done a lot better with a view to building bridges, being inclusive, moving forward together. But no. That's Why are they going to start taking down bridges as well as statues? I think bridges have a lot of bit. Uh, Isambard Kingdom Brunel wasn't he a bit of a one? Well, he's bound to be. He's near he's Bristol. Bound to be. They'll take down. They'll take down Clifton Bridge, Clifton Suspension Bridge, yeah. the old uh, was it the Great Western. 
Uh, yeah, as we said, pyramids are going to have to be levelled. Hey, how many things were built on the slave trade? Tea. Christ, we have to stop drinking tea. Yeah. Sugar. What about the... I can't have sugar anymore. Eastern... Uh, East Indian... East Indian Rail... Rail... No, Whatever it's called, yeah. Yeah, and that. And that. And that. The Taj Mahal, the pyramids. Yeah, bring them down. Bring them down. How far back are we going to go? Well, that's we had that in the previous... Podcast, didn't we? Well, where do we draw the line? Well, yesterday. <laughs> it's a good place to start, isn't it? The Beatles sang about it. Let's just get on and start from yesterday. And it's going to be a lot simpler, isn't it? We can all bang on, can't we? You can bang on to your missus about all of her past misdemeanours. Well, you're a bloke, so you remember them for about three days. Your missus could bang on about your past misdemeanours because they will be able to remember everything in minute detail going back to the whole of your relationship. Um, well, that was my analogy that I used, wasn't it? But in terms of what are you going to do about it now? Well, look. So, what are you going to do about it now? So, draw a line in the sand. Let me explain my analogy to our listeners then as to why I think it's wrong that statues come down and we wipe out or try and eradicate certain sections of history, yeah. like like trying to eradicate or wipe out any any references or nuances to uh, the slave trade uh, when I think it shouldn't. It should it should stay. It serves as a reminder to me of where we've come from because history is based on what we did right and what we did wrong. And that's how you develop as a, con- as a country, as a nation, as a, as a race. All right? So my point is you meet a partner and you fall in love with them. Okay? And you fall in love with them on that day. And it's because of, it might be because of how they look, how they dress, beer. how they, beer, how they conduct themselves, their their views on life, the, the way they respond to you, the way they love you, the way you love them, all of those things, you know, the conversations you have with them. And after a few months of being in love with this wonderful new partner, you discover that maybe they've had a little bit of a checkered past. Maybe they went off the rails a little bit when they were younger. Maybe they were a bit promiscuous and, and you didn't agree with the amount of partners they've had. Perhaps they've and, turned their life around then. Uh, 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 hang on a minute. Oh. Hang on, but my point is, you're only in love with that person when you met them on that day because of who they are on that day and them moving forward, right? And they've only become that person they are on that day because of where they come from in their past. Yeah, good point. They've well, only mate. only become that personality, that character, those traits, those idiosyncrasies that they have. They've yeah. all of those. You are that what pers- you've experienced. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you do you end the relationship <clears throat> based on your views of what they did? Ten years ago, before you even knew them, how probably not you... sensible. Probably no, not sensible. How, how can that be right? Mm. Because you, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to end the relationship. I understand that ten years ago you had uh, you've had six different partners in one year, yeah. and you slept with them all. Or, you know, I understand. That I mean, you, if that were the case, no one would ever marry a sailor, would they? <laughs> six, in, <laughs> six in a month. Oh, a year. Sorry. Oh. Uh, the, yeah, um, it was a bit slow. Sorry. How, how would that be right? And that's what we're doing with the statues and saying we're going to get, we want to eradicate these parts of history. We don't want to talk about them, learn about them, or know about them. No, actually, you're wrong. The country is where it is today because of where we've come come yeah. from, because of what we've gone through, the rights, the wrongs. Hey, look at God. God ordered the destruction of a whole race. With canon- Ethnic canon- cleansing. Canonites? Isn't it the Canaanites? He ordered them to be slaughtered, the whole lot of them. Yeah. In a terrible racial incident. But he's forgiven. He's been forgiven, hasn't he? All the Canaanites don't give a toss about that now. But no, churches are still standing. Should we tear them all down? Should we burn the Bible? More violence, bloodshed, 
and, and war has been fought in the name of God than, than any other well, situation. The Crusades. And, and just slightly more than oil. The Crusades? Yes. The Celts? Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so, are we going to get rid of all that? No, we're bloody not. So, let's not draw the line too far back, otherwise, we're not going to have any history, any history left at all. So, yesterday makes a lot of sense to me. But just so that, that, yesterday cuts out all the Floyd business as well. Cuts out slavery, Floyd, uh, Gandhi, Duggan. Duggan, Jimmy Savile, Madeleine McCann. It cuts out all of that, and we can move forward. Yeah. Embracing each other together for the common good. And those who choose to join that crusade can. And those who don't, bugger off. And do you think we'll be all equal or do you think, still think some people uh, will, some will be all yeah, equal than others? We'll probably be some more equal than others, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? Unless it came for applying for jobs and then, then well, the other group will be slightly more equal than we are. I tell you what, let's talk about privilege then, because I believe that um, the fuel that's fanning most of this fire is around. Actually, do you think? Well, do you think? Do you more than think that people actually know what colour we are? What does it matter? Or do you think they assume? Well, I think it's interesting, question. isn't it? Well, you described. I think it. they're you, assuming. You, you described yourself earlier, though, didn't you? Did I? Yeah. Oh, I did, didn't I? So. Uh, yeah, that's not really me, though. Not my real colour. Not my real colour. But I think they may, I think people would make assumptions the way you talk about things. Yeah. Um, I think they may be surprised about your colour. Oh, I did. T- I did give away the fact that you were a bit swarthy, mucky. Yeah. A bit of a mucky brown. Have you got a, a bit of a mixed heritage? I've got a mixed past. <laughs> <laughs> like a mixed. We need to get some like more beer grill. down you. Like a mixed grill. Yeah, that's right. You're like a smorgasbord of. Uh... <laughs> But oh, you've thrown me off. You've thrown me off. Yeah, 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 well, what was I going to say? I was, you have thrown me off. Have I? You really have. You've done me. Let's move on. I'll tell you what I'm annoyed about now. McDonald's. McDonald's reopening. For a couple of months, we've had beautifully clean streets. All right? Now all the fatties are going back to McDonald's, <laughs> getting all their takeaways, and it's then lobbing them. A bit stereotyping, isn't it? No, but a lot of people that go to McDonald's are fat. I don't know why. I just notice these things. Mm. Um, And uh, they drive away. They park up not too far from my house because I've got the benefit of the aroma of the McDonald's. Because you live near it. Because I live not too far away. And And when the wind's in the right direction, you do get a lovely smell of Big Mac and large fries, strawberry milkshake. And when it's in the wrong direction, you get the smell of the shit farm. Yes, yeah. Well, they're two sort of intertwined concepts. Uh, (laughs) But um, what has made me angry is the bloody idiots from KFC at McDonald's who think it's acceptable and think it's bloody normal because it's not to then lob all of your packaging out of your car window mm. you bloody morons yeah I'd shoot them dead I, I would I, it just makes me really angry that people can be so moronic mm. what is complicated is about taking it home stick it in the bin in the, in, in the recycle bin. I'll tell you what also makes me annoyed. When you're driving down the uh, dual carriageway, or the motorway, back in the day, people would give way. That spotted sign down the slip road is a give way sign. Not any bloody more, apparently. No. no. The morons who've never read the highway code now merge in on the assumption you'll get out of the way. No, I bloody won't. Mm. There's been a few incidents recently where I've not 
got out of the way because they have to give way. They annoy me too. There's a lot of things that are annoying me at the moment. I think it's my age. Do you think? I think I've become a little less tolerant of bloody idiots. Hmm. I thought you'd become more tolerant as you got older. I mean, you're quite yeah, tolerant. normal people. You're quite tolerant working here with the idiots, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I suppose I'm just used to it. Well, you fit in really well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the lunatics are running this particular <clears throat> asylum. I can't remember. I've, I've <sighs> you were on a roll at some point. Poignant. You've lost it now, haven't you? It's a poignant... Yeah. Was it about history? Statues? Oh, yeah. Produced. You were starting to talk about statues. Yeah, I think I've covered it. Yeah, you've check it past and all that. Yeah. yeah. So I hope, I hope all this silliness in relation to destruction of property ends soon. Today. Because, yeah, because... Because it's only going to be cherry-picking the bits of history that you want. Interesting, you showed me that picture, didn't you, of the first slave trader yeah. registered in the official first slave trader registered in the county of Northumberland? Uh, no, it was US, I think. Oh, was it? I think it was US. I thought it was in the UK. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll find out where it is. We'll give you the name yeah. of him. Anyway, that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Would you like to enlighten our viewers as to why it was a bit of a surprise? He was black. <laughs> he was. First registered slave trader. Black. Yeah, mate did very well apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, you know, where are we going to cast this stone? How far are we going to throw it? How many <laughs> other people are we, we going to try and drag into this? Utterly pointless bloody debate. Here's one for you then. Whilst we're on that debate, and we've sure. drifted back towards the BLM and the. Yeah, yeah I wish we hadn't actually, yeah, but, but What do they want? Oh, they want it now. What? Oh no, that's the, the wrong chant, isn't it? What do we want? When do we want it? Now, yeah, but, but what is it they want? What, specifically, ah. what do you want? Ah, well, I think that would. Actually, being very specific about what you want wouldn't help the cause because I think it's fluid. I think that the ability to maintain what you want and what you don't want being in a fluid state enables you to perpetually protest. Because you think if we gave them what they wanted, then that would be it? Well, the goalposts would move, there'd be something else. Right. So we've got to a point now where by being in an ethnic minority, you have an advantage when it comes to applying for jobs in the police and, and a number of another other circumstances. So, I don't know, perhaps perhaps the ultimate aim is to have an advantage all round, with no responsibility. Hmm. Perhaps that's the aim. I don't know. I don't know. Like the, you know, the uh, black ex-colleagues that we had, they did very well. It's come back to me. It was about wealth. Ah, the wealth divide. Poverty. Wealth. Yeah. Which I think is more fueling the f fire. Did you come from humble means, or have you always been a man of money? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I've worked my uh, I've worked my socks off to get there. Yeah, I've worked quite hard. In the last couple of months yeah. you've worked quite hard as well, actually, running uh, 17 businesses. Al almost, easy, as hard, almost as hard as you. Yeah, nobody works as hard as me. Well, you don't have a dog and bite yourself. Anyway. Um, <laughs> my, uh, I was brought up by my, my mother and my, my stepfather. Yeah. Even though I was still in touch with my biological... I was still in touch as a child with my biolog biological father. But he was a carpenter. Oh, yeah. My mum was a cashier. Was he a ship's carpenter? No. Because they're the people that get called when the ship's sinking. Yes, that's right. Isn't it? 
chipping. Call the ship's carpenter, that means yeah. Christ, we're all going down. Yeah, so, yeah, fairly humble. Yeah, we lived in a nice house, very working class. Do you still holiday. feel a connection with those roots? Or do you think that's... Do you feel that you've removed yourself from that by endeavour? Or do you still feel it within you that they are your roots from whence you've come? Or is that a bit of an oblique? Um... I, do you associate yourself with that past? Yeah, hmm? yeah, very much so. And you feel it's part of you and yeah, where you've absolutely. come from. And yeah, do you yeah. think that it's motivated you to be this serial entrepreneur and gatherer of large sums of money? <laughs> I do love it. How many episodes today you told me how much it annoys you? It's actually it's, it's I, great I to wish I had those what, large some sums of money that you that you often speak about. I mean, uh, no, I rumor has your relatives used to lend Croesus money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so hang on a second, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, of course, yeah. I'll lend you a tenner. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stop asking. Um, I just think I just enjoy working hard and the fruits of my labour, you know, I, I don't measure myself in, in terms against anybody else. Do I think I'm successful? What, I mean, what, what, what is success? I, I thought I was more successful when I was in the police than I am as a business owner. Oh, interesting. But, but, that's interesting. But that's because I always wanted to be a cop. Yeah. And I always, you know, wanted, that was the career I wanted. I never wanted it to end. So when you're presented with someone who feels they have a lack of opportunity, what stirs within you as a reaction to that? Do you think to yourself, well, just get off your bloody arse and, and, yeah. and, and work hard I'm, for it? Or do, do, you, do you accept that there are large sections of the community that don't see the opportunity, that don't get the fact that they can achieve this? They just feel that their grandparents have been unemployed, their parents have been unemployed, and, you know, I'm going to get a generally a shit education because I won't try and my parents won't encourage right. me and my destiny is mapped out of, for eternal failure hmm. I, I, it fascinates me this, this topic it does because um, I'm self-educated I didn't do particularly well at school I was all, I was bright but you know I didn't um, I didn't do well with my exams because I was I didn't enjoy being at school for whatever reason um, there, there's a number of reasons why I didn't but anyway so Academically, it doesn't doesn't look like I've done particularly well at school, but I excelled when I went in the armed forces. I think I excelled as a cop. You know, everything I did first time, I did it first time. You know, the the jobs that I applied for, I got them first time. Passed my firearms course, driving, sergeant's exams, did them all first yeah. time, and excelled. You top, top, balls. top recruit in in uh, writing in my class. Yeah. How did you bag that? Well, exactly. But so it's not that I'm not bright. I am. Bright, but it's not just not just not academic, just That's, not on paper. Yeah. You know. Um, so when I came out of the police, I couldn't go and get a job and evidence my academic abilities. But I had an opportunity to go to work in a business where I could own part of that business, and I did. And I started reading books on business, not academic books on business about this is how we work out this equation, but on yeah. mindset really. Yeah. That educate yourself. So. Anybody can do that, and I became educated. And then when I, when I understood the, the basic, the fundamentals of how businesses worked, I then started looking at different areas within businesses and started reading about that. And I read, you know, don't why, why take the path that's the hardest, take the path that's most trodden, 
and follow the people that have been successful and look at what they've done. Well, well okay then, what made you successful? Well, what made you successful was A, B and C. Well, I'm going to do A, B and C then, aren't I? Yeah. I you know, don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Follow models and systems that already work. If it, if it works, don't, don't exactly. mend it. Yeah, and the, you will always find people that go off the, the, the beaten track and they are the true entrepreneurs and pioneers and innovators and they create something else. But then that path is already yeah. trodden down for you because they were the pioneers that did it. So, yeah, education. So when you're talking about wealth, there's, there's, there's videos and stuff you can see on uh, YouTube about how this uh, playing field isn't level for people of, of colour. Um, but, but actually, I disagree with it because you, it just shows you how you choose your audience. I could take you to places in the UK where we can carry out the same experiment where everybody in the experiment is white and you can only step forward if you've had a good education. You can only step forward if both your parents are together. You can only step forward if you never worried about a meal on the table. You can only step forward if you um, have access to uh, a library. Or, you know, and you turn around and look, and there's loads of white kids left behind. Yeah, and the people yeah. that have got forward are still white. So it depends where you pick your audience as to how successful that experiment works. Is there a lot of underprivileged black people in America that haven't got access to health, education, food. Yeah, there is. Is there a lot of white people in the same situation? Yeah, there are. Is it like that in this country? Yeah, it is. Mm. So, you know, there are areas where there are lots of white, underprivileged kids. So the white privilege argument for me that's, that's banded about by BLM doesn't sit comfortable with me and it doesn't work for me. I don't agree with it. And... You know, what, let's let's take a. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll give you a good example. I'm not trying to stereotype it. I'm going to pick a specific area that I've policed and I know where there's a lot of poverty. Um, so we'll take a uh, successful um, black guy that lives in one part of the country. Let's say he's a solicitor, and he's married to a uh, black female, and she's a school teacher, and they have a child. Let's pick a single parent from a North Nottinghamshire town who's white and she's a, a heroin addict and she has a child. And the father's an alcoholic. And, and the father, yeah, or, or we don't even know who the father is or the father's certainly not around. Tell me which child is most privileged. Mm. Who's going to flourish? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so... He's got absolutely nothing to do. Poverty and the, the wealth gap is, is, is huge and I think that's, a, that's the problem we're seeing at the minute rather than it's about rather than race, it's about, I think it's about poverty and, wealth and, and lack of wealth and lack of education. Can you get educated? Can you self-educate? Yeah. The, the issue for me is that a lot of these people, they're in an environment which for generations has been as it is and they probably don't know they can get this well, education. Just it. If you join a group, a group of any kind, you over time assume the ways... Mm. Of that group, the the, the thoughts, the ways, etc., etc. So, yeah. and and whatever extreme that may be, there is a saying that you become the average of the five people you hang around with. Oh, really? Yeah. So, guess what? You know, and I've I've had business mentors and good coaching from lots of people, and when I go to you know meet people regarding business or whatever, and I've had it said to me, if you're the smartest person in the room when it comes to business, you're in the wrong room. Oh yeah, you need to be surrounding yourself with four smart people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and I and I, I absolutely agree with that. If you if you if you hang around with, you know, your four mates that are skint and are 
you know, struggling to get jobs and you know. Is that they, why you never come out with a beer? With and me? and you go down the pub with them. Guess who becomes the fifth skint person? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder why you never come out. Me and Umberto. <laughs> so, I'm a big believer in you becoming an, uh, you become a product of your environment. Oh, but what is? Yeah, but then that leads you on to the debate, isn't it? What is success? Well, well, what exactly. Is success? Well, yeah. And do you need success? And, and and what level of success makes you happy? Because you know what you're like. You know, tomorrow you'll be starting up another business. <laughs> There'll be another pandemic and, and you'll be buying up a load of fishing boats. special slippers or something. Fishing boats. Yeah, fishing boats. So it is a funny old world, isn't it? What is what do you need to make you happy? Do you just need enough to get by and without I suppose everybody needs different things, don't they? Well we all do we all need different things and I suppose it's about setting a goal. You know, you I believe that you should have a target to aim for in, in business and in life. Mm. That's because you know, some people are very happy, just satisfied with their lot, and they do the same things day in, day out, and that's fine. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not critical of anybody's choices and what they do. You know, me as a cop, I loved it. I always wanted to be a cop. I set my sights at being a cop. I became, I went on firearms. I became a sergeant. I had no aspirations to get hired an inspector. I wanted to be more operational than um, managerial. So the reality for me was, if I'd have stayed in, not got injured, and, and been asked to leave. I would I would have aimed my side. I would have been an inspector because my goal was set. Well, especially in, now when you can take well, books into books. the exam. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You'll be immediately an inspector. Yeah. I've got a goal for this business. I want to build it up into something, and neither my kids take it over or. I'll hey, it. hang on a minute. Yeah, I thought I was going to take it over. Well, you can do if you want. Oh, right. Yeah, um, I've got a goal of where I want to what I do want to want to do with my house. Yeah. You know, I've set targets. I've That's got like goals. South It's like that house in Dallas, isn't it? It's a lovely place. There. You know what I'm saying? Aim for the stars, and if you miss, you'll hit the moon. Hey, true. You're going about it the right way. There we go. I so think. you know. Yeah. And I failed my way to success. Oh well, I think a bit of failure along the way is very important. I'm a big believer in failure is the biggest part of learning, and I. I'm the Americans are very good at that, aren't they? Failing. Yeah, the British aren't quite so good at failure. It's viewed as a bit of a failure, whereas for the Americans, it's like give it another go, Mac. Yeah. Give yeah, it yeah. another go. And I'm a big believer in that, and I failed my way. Uh, I will fail my way to success. Yeah. And I'm, and I. Wow. And I aim to fail and get it wrong because you learn more from getting it wrong than you do from getting it right. You can't have it all easy, especially when it comes to business. Yeah. Because everybody would do it. Yeah. Marriage is a bit like that. Yeah. A successful marriage. Yeah. Not that I know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, I've had seventeen <laughs> failed marriages now. Like, boom. Like that bloke hey, Barry in that. Well, I'm on the. On the my business said soapbox. I'll give you. I'll give you a good example of somebody who failed his way to success. Ooh. Tom, Thomas Edison. Oh yeah. He failed his way to success. Like Bolcher. And he did it on purpose. Did he? Yeah. You sure? Absolutely. I've I've read about him. You know, he's one of the people I've read about because it's about mindset. Yeah. So he failed his way to success because he didn't. People think he invented the light bulb. He didn't invent the light bulb. He perfect. They couldn't get it to work. He perfected how the light bulb worked. Yeah. All right. But his vision straight away was the only way this will be successful is to be able to mass produce them and get yeah. them in every house. Yeah, make LEDs. Right? So he employed scientists and inventors that were inferior to him. Right? And the reason why he did that was because he needed to carry out multiple experiments of how to get the light bulb to work. Oh, right. And that had to be done by people that thought it might work. So he got them all in and employed them because he failed, because he. 
when, when he was asked about the light bulb, how, well, yeah. how is it going to work? And he said, I don't know, but I can tell you 10,000 ways it won't. Right. Because he knew the faster he failed, the faster he would get to the result that he needed as success. Ooh, so, yeah, employed all these people to carry out these experiments to make the light bulb work, and they just failed and failed and failed and failed and failed, and eventually it's like a like an upside down pyramid. There's like. nothing left. There's nothing left, and eventually you end up bing, there you yeah. get a light bulb. Yeah, you need this little bit of curly metal, and that's and that's something that's going to last about twelve hours. And that's what he did. He failed his way to. And we call it Osram. There we go. And they keep blowing, and we'll keep. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. like medicine. Yeah. Don't create something that cures it. Just, mm. just treat the symptoms. Get a light bulb that lasts about five minutes, and then people keep buying them. Mm. But it comes from that era where Henry Ford was was around. I think Edison worked for Henry Ford before he set up oh, General right. Electric. Interesting. Yeah, and he was known as the uh, the Wizard of Menlo Park. Thomas uh, Edison was, but he worked for Henry Ford, and he understood the importance of mass production to uh, make it work. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. Well, you're so, a mine of useful information. Uh, anyway, that was all. Not, not much about policing there, but you know, when it, so when it comes back to policing, I'm a big believer, you know, take your exams if you fail, well, do, you know, guess what, pick yourself up and do them again. It's just part of life. Yeah, Failure is a part of life. You, know, you need to learn to discipline your disappointment. But the police exams aren't that hard. you just got to put the work in. Yeah, yeah it's got to put the work in. Yeah. And if you're not ready for it, don't take them. That's my advice. But you, you can give it a go, flag it. There's a chance that you might, by multiple choice, get it all right. But now you can take your books in. Hey, you'll be in the spectrum in a couple of weeks. And with that all thought, less. all you promoted people, uh, we'll leave it with you. Please do uh, give us some uh, things to discuss, if you like, on fluckerleaks at gmail.com. Let us know what you want. Keep buying Flucker fragrance. That's still flying off the shelves. Odor uh, response cop. <laughs> <laughs> Keep buying the map books and the uh, the face masks. Keep renting the vans. Oh, all yeah. sorts. Keep renting the properties. Camper van. Camper. Oh, my God, yes. Should we share with our viewers our, our idea? Ex our experiment. Yeah. Okay, so what we call this new business? I don't know yet. Yes, you do. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to... So we... We've got access to lots of vans in particular. We've got access to VW transporters. Now, for those people that know what a VW transporter is, it's like a transit van but made by VW. And it's got this cult following. Yeah. And they convert them into, you know, day vans, surf buses, camper vans. Yeah. You know, there's a massive cult behind it all. Yeah. So we decided we were going to buy buy one that was a, an ex-fleet one of ours. So yeah. buy it into our company. And we found another company that's going to convert it into a uh, yeah. little four-berth four yeah. camper van. We need a name, so uh, if you can come up with a name, that's great. We've got one, we called it So Camp. So Camp. <laughs> no, no, not like that, so you can go and camp. So Camp. Yes, yeah, So Camp. Oh, right. Oh, not as in like, oh. So Camp. Well, I mean, I've, I mean, I've spent a lot of time doing the research about it, and you would even say that I've been anal about yeah, it. Yeah, you've been really anal about it, haven't you? Mm. I have been anal about it. But So Camp is the name. I think and, the attention uh, to detail and the grooming of it is really yeah. important, isn't it? And we're going to, you know, just we're gonna dip into it and see what it's like. Take the plunge. <laughs> Take the plunge. And, and I'm with that, we're, we're off. off.